Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome once again to another episode of Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Minister Joel Lewis. I am so honored and pleased to be with you this morning here. I'd like to give all the acknowledgments and thank you for to Beverly Beasley and Granite Place Ministry dot org for allowing us to come on here each and every week. I like to say hello to our uh, Free on the Inside Ministry team. Uh, what a great ministry team we have! That ministry team is uh, is a uh, part of the jail ministry, the uh, prison ministry, street ministry, and also we do mentoring down at Dallas Life Foundation. We just like to make mention of some of the members of the uh, ministry team. Brother Willis, the uh, group leader for our jail ministry mem- uh, team, we go down to the uh, Loose Terry Jail twice a month, and we encourage you to be a part of this ministry. I give you more information how you too could be a part of what we're doing and what God is up to in that ministry now. Our uh, prison ministry is consists of myself and some more volunteers, uh, Brother Charlie and uh, Brother Fred. Uh, they are a part of this uh, jail ministry team. We go down to the uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, uh Wilma Hutchinson State Jail there. Amen, dude. Wilma Hutchinson State Jail. Every Tuesday we down there, and also on Thursday. So we want to encourage you to uh, keep up with that ministry and be a part of that ministry. We know we go to a uh, a training session once a year for a uh, former for uh, uh, current volunteers and also for ones that wants to be part of the volunteers. So next time we have a training session coming up, I will give you some information, and you too can. Uh, Submit your paperwork to be part of that ministry there. You know what I like to say to God and bless me with saying is help change a life. Help change a life in Jesus' name. Not in our name, but in Jesus' name. But we'll listen to a little praise music this morning. And I just want to just let you know what we're up to. So kick back and relax and you'll listen to some sounds from Free on the Inside Ministry. So I'll be back with you shortly to continue this line of conversation. God bless you. Thank <laughs> you. 
Oh, what a great selection there from J.J. Harrison saying, I have no reason to fear. And, you know, our, we just come off of our uh, our yearly, uh, uh, what's that, conference. But this year, I, I keep saying, you know, formerly was a men's conference, but this year God has blessed us to open the doors up to the women. So this year we titled our Empowerment Conference. And we had a great time. There. We had some dynamic speakers, dynamic uh, facilitators, they work the workshops, and I am in carry. And, you know, as you put together a program like this, sometimes you get a little fearful. So I think so uh, for the music that was being shared today to let me know that we have no reason to fear. And, you know, the theme of our uh, empowerment conference was to be strong, be courageous, and fear not. And Joshua or one and eight and nine, you know, and it was talking about be strong and being careful. I encourage you to be strong and courageous and fear not because because Yahweh has a found say. And I want you to realize that our God has a found say of everything that we do. And, again, I would just like to say hello to our partners in the ministry. And, you know, this tag goes by, and I just uh, want to just say hello to everybody. I'm so excited about what God is doing here. Uh, Dolly Dallas Life Foundation, we go down there once a week, every Wednesday, and we encourage the men that we encounter through words of uh uh, edification of our Lord and Savior. We encourage them to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I do a mentoring session. I've been doing that for a number of years. And sometimes it works out well and brothers will get back on their feet and they're back with their family and they do it what God ordained them to do. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes people say, brother, this thing ain't working for me. And I just say, brother, I'm sorry to hear that. And they go off, they do their own thing. And it's surely enough, they'll come back to me later and say, man, I was wrong about this. You was telling me some things that was making a difference in my life. So I would encourage you to keep doing what you do. I want you to start speaking into my life again. And guess what? I said, thank you, God, for letting them young men's eyes be open because I was rebellious like that. I was disobedient like that. I wanted to do my own thing. But sure, surely, 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 God did not give up on me. And guess what? God isn't going to give up on you or those men and women in which you share the gospel with. Sometimes we don't get to see it right then, but you have to know that God gets the glory. God gets the victory. I want you to be encouraged to never give up on God, and God will never give up on you. Uh, last week at our empowerment conference, we had uh, uh, Rev. Johnson. He spoke on marriage and, marriage and relationship. And it was a powerful little conference that the men and women were blown away. They were encouraged. And we do things like that through the, uh, through the ostracism of our Holy Spirit that allowed us to bring those things forward there. Because guess what? We battle with relationships and, and marriage situations. You know, none of us is immune to any of these things. Here. We had Dr. Session that came out from Parkland, and he shared with the uh, with the uh, the conference in a group setting where everybody was in the auditorium and the doctor came forth. And he was sharing some things that are concerned with us called the big three. You know, the high blood pressure, cholesterol, and diabetes. And, man, the people were empowered and impacted. And people were was interested in taking possession of their health there. And, you know, we had a lot of persons uh, that were presented to the doctor. And he was able to answer them and get them some clarity on some things. And, and so the, uh, everybody was excited about it. Then we had... Uh, if uh, our legal aid assistant, we have uh, Lady Crawford. She came and she shared with us some things concerning uh, the legal issues in our lives. So that was very informative and impactful. And the men and women, they loved that. And so they would encourage. And, you know, we try to get them information that they could use, you know, to keep them, to keep them uh, uh, steadfast and immovable in the Word of God, to allow them to continue their journey, knowing that in regards to the things that that, it, uh, that they're going to find themselves in, involved in, that there is help, there is a way of escaping, you know, and that comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I encourage you to continue to listen to this program. It's been a while since I've been on. I wasn't able to be on last week because of the a program that we put together, the Empowerment Conference, and it went well. It went well, and we had some visitors from Dallas Life Foundation came out for Victory Outreach, and, and so we we uh, uh we missed our group from Reconciliation. They are no longer available, but uh, they sent us a, a, a word of encouragement to keep doing what we do. And so we're going to just continue that format and continue to encourage you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But this morning we just want to encourage you through words and, and, and songs of encouragement. So we're going to kick back 
and just listen to the pure music, then we'll be back with you. But he is able, regardless of what you do, he's able. Come on now. you enjoyed that musical selection saying that he's able oh yes he can do it regardless of what's going on in your life our lord and savior is able you'll listen to another great episode of free on the inside with your host minister joel lewis and our calling number is 310-982-4126 our guest is scheduled this morning is called he's a little late this morning so we're going to just continue this here format until our guests call in we also have our uh brother uh, richard daniels is our co-host and he's a uh, Going to be calling in shortly to help help us with the program here, but before uh, but as as we get ready for our guest and our co-host to call in here, I just like to just say, let you know about what went on at our conference from last week. We had also a financial advisor there, uh, Mr. Chuck. Uh, Mr. Chuck was our financial advisor. Chuck Bradley, I believe, is his name now. Matter of fact, I know that's his name, and he was our financial advisor. And man, you know what? He was telling us, regardless of what state you're in financially, you still can take control of your finances. It's never too late to uh, invest in yourself. It's never too late to start saving. You know, sometimes we think, oh man, I don't miss my opportunity. It's, it's too late. But he encouraged us that it wasn't too late. And I got to thinking, all the things that I had done, all the things that I I thought I missed out on, I did not really miss out on them. And that goes back to the Word of God. 
If God be for you, who could be against you? God could do more than we can ever imagine. So we have to realize that God is still in charge of this. From what they said from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. Our God is an awesome God. And so we want to thank Brother Chuck for uh, for being a part of the program and sharing with us about we can uh, take control of our finances. You know, our conference was called Being in Power. Can you imagine you having power over your finances? You having power over your health? You having power over the difficulties and the challenges you have in your marriage? You know, that's what this is all about. You know, as we go through this this journey of life, sometimes we feel like that we don't have enough to do what we need to do. But I challenge you, I challenge you to put your trust in the Lord. Put your trust in our Lord and Savior, and He'll make everything works out. You know, and uh, as we as we go on with this here program, I, I want to share with you uh, that now I share with you this here before, but I want to talk about again because we do this every year over to Juvenile Center. We have a garden. This is our second year of our vegetable garden over at the uh, Juvenile Center, and I am very proud of those young men. Those young men that take care of the garden. I I don't get over there as often as I did last year, but I do that for a reason because I want them to take ownership of it. I go by there and I check on the garden while they're in class and they're doing uh, what court, uh, the uh, mandate assignment by the court system. I kind of works in the background and I go over there and the. And the uh, Plants are green and they're growing, and some of them have started producing some vegetables, and so I am so pleased about that. We got a, a few pepper plants, and they are come and they are producing the peppers. And the young men they loved that last year, so we tried it again this year. We have a, a couple of tomato plants over there, and so they are doing well. They started producing those uh, tomatoes, and we this year we got a we got some uh, jalapeno, not jalapeno. I'm sorry, bell peppers. We have bell pepper plants this year. We got the the red, the yellow, and the green. And, and I was sharing it with that young man, and and they will begin to uh, have some uh, uh, some flowers on it, which they'll produce the uh, vegetables later. The young man told me I was telling him what was in there. He said, "Oh, we got a jalapeno. We got a a, a fajita garden." I said, "Yeah." I said, "I guess so." And I never did think about that, but the young man was just uh, taking it to heart, and they excited about it. And so we pray that that right there allows them to have a career in agriculture or have a career in, uh, in, in things that they choose, that they know they could be successful at it. And, you know, I think about that garden as, as life. You know, you invest your time and your talent in something. You, you can yield a fruit from that. You invest your time and your talent in something. You can get a benefit. It's a benefit to not only you but to your family and all those that are attached to you. So, all those young men are going to be able to enjoy that garden because they have a kitchen over there. Then we also do life skills over at the juvenile center, and we talk about life skills. You know, I share with them the gospel. I share with them about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and say, I share with them about how Christ Jesus came and died for our sins and how he rose. On the third day and how he lived forevermore But I also tell him about how God Has given us dominion over everything that he created That means that we have the knowledge to to continue With the creation that he had To kind of uh, go on and and, and fix it And suit it and, and for what we need for today and time God ain't intimidated about that He said now you go and you subdue those things So he gave us a right and a reason To be created with, the, uh, with his, with his uh, perfect design and he's pleased with it because he gets the glory. And, you know, and so we talked about computer skills over there. The young man, I tell him about the internal workings of a computer, about the motherboard, the uh, hard drive, the processor, the memory chips, and uh, and those things there. And, and, I, and I break it down to the point where they can understand what's going on with it. And some of the young men said, man, I want to go to school for this here. And, and I said, yeah, you can. You can go to college or you can take up a trade or you can do both. Go to uh, take up a trade and go to college. You can be without. You can be whatever you want to be in that in that uh, walk of life. And so I, I share with them young, uh, about those young men about they do have a future and God has a plan for them. And so they encourage about that. And I am very honored to uh, continue with this here program each and every week. I'm, I'm so thankful for the guest that comes on. You know, we have some guests that like, wow, man. Matter of fact, we have a young man that we're going to uh, get in touch with. He was at our conference last weekend. He was from India. 
And he said that he he's willing to be on the show, and I would like for him to tell us about the gospel and uh, about w- what God is doing in India and how he's continually to uh, uh, to share the gospel with his with his native Indians and uh, India peoples and and that his culture and the difference between uh, between their religion and w- uh, what Christianity had to offer. I'm saying they religion because they are Muslims, and so I want him to share with us the difference between that. And how he see that our God is superior than any other God. That our God is above every other God. So that's that's a blessing there. I had a long time with him, and I think that you will be encouraged uh, to hear what he has to say concerning the gospel. Again, that calling number is three one zero nine eight three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. You two can call in and be a part of this show here. And I'm going to go on with the. Uh, with the show ahead until our guest call in. We will give you some archives, uh clippings from our past shows here. So sit back and relax and enjoy. We pray that you enjoy. And you know, a lot of these shows here, we're going to play something from uh, Evangelist Clay. She have a host, uh, she hosts one of our programs, a Bible study program. And so we're going to introduce you to her. This is Evangelist Wanda Clay. She comes on every Friday from 8 to 8.30. The next voice you'll hear will be uh, I, one of our program hosts from Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Blog so Talk Radio listeners. I'm Evangelist Wanda Clay, sharing God's sacred word Bible study with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all you do. And though our best isn't good enough, we come asking for forgiveness. You are like none other, higher than the highest. So I ask that you fix that that needs fixing everywhere for everybody. Because you already know our needs. Fix them, Lord Jesus. And move in me, Lord, to help others understand your word on this talk show. I pray that you continue its growth and bless Blog Talk Radio financially and spiritually. Lord God, give us wisdom knowledge and understanding of what you want us to know and I pray for those who seek your word to find you Heavenly Father bless and watch over them in Jesus name let them and everyone everywhere learn to depend on you and those who have found you strengthen us Lord lead and guide us not into temptation but help us to just walk away Bless those, Lord, who are struggling and those not struggling, because we all need a blessing from you, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, help us to love and pray for ourselves and others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Before I start, let me again thank God for guiding me, and I pray for everyone's understanding of his word. And as always, I thank Granny's Place and Minister Joel Lewis for giving me this opportunity. I'm here three Fridays a month, 8 to 8.30 a.m. Plus, on Facebook, at Peace Keep God First, you're welcome to join our group 24 hours with questions, answers, comments, recipes, and much more. Now, due to time on Blog Talk Radio, I will give you the outline of each chapter and comment on some verses. In this Bible study, we will study from Genesis to Revelations. Now, let's get into our lesson. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. The outline is as follows. The first part, verse 1, the apostle begins with a thanksgiving to God for the saving benefit that's been bestowed upon them, and also in verse 2 through 5. The second part, verse 6 through 10, he mentions the true evidence of the good success of the gospel among them, which was famous in several other places. Verse 1, this epistle Paul wrote 
is a good example to ministers of greater abilities and reputations in the church than some others. This epistle is written to the church of the Thessalonians, converted Jews and Gentiles. This church is said to be in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, that they had fellowship with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 1 and 3. They were a Christian church because they believed in God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed in both principles of natural and revealed religion. Now, the Gentiles among them returned to God from idols, and the Jews among them believed Jesus to be the promised Messiah. All of them were devoted and dedicated to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, to God as their chief good and highest end, and to Jesus Christ as their Lord and meditator between God and man. God the Father is said to be the original center of all natural religion, and Jesus Christ is the author and center of all revealed religion. You believe in God, says our Savior. Believe also in me, John 14 and 1. Now, the salutation or the benediction, grace be with you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the same as the other epistles. Grace and peace are joined for free grace. And where there are gracious dispositions in us, we hope for peace through our own hearts. Paul says that grace, peace, and all spiritual blessings come to us from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God the original of all good and Jesus the purchaser of all good for us in God in Christ. As all good comes from God, sinners' hopes come from God in Christ. And the best may be expected from God as our Father for the sake of Christ. In verses 2 through 5, the flip is script. <laughs> Excuse me, the script is flipped, though he makes no mention of his apostleship. The apostle begins with thanks to God of the things that were joy and praiseworthy for the advantage to God, who is the object of all religious worship, prayer, and praise. Paul wrote, Even when we don't actually give thanks to God by our words, we should have a graceful sense of God's goodness on our minds. And he said that thanksgiving should often be given, and not only should we be thankful for of the favors we receive, but the benefit restored on others also. The apostle gave thanks not only for those who were his most intimate friends, but for them all. And he mentioned things like the benefits bestowed on them for their faiths and works. And he tells them in verse 8, their faith was very famous, and it spread abroad. Paul says that wherever there is a true faith, it will have an influence on your heart and your life. It will have us work for God and our own salvation. We'll have comfort in our own faith and the faith of others when we perceive the work of faith. Show me thy faith by thy works. James 2 and 18. And Paul gives God thanks for the love and the labor of love. It's one of the cardinal graces. In this life, it is our great use to us. And it's great use to us in the life to come. Faith works by love. It shows itself to love in love to God and our neighbor. As love will show itself by labor. 
And Paul thanks God for their hope and their patience of hope. Because Paul says that we're saved by hope. There is well-grounded hope of eternal life through patience. For we, if we hope for that which we can't see, then do we with patience wait for it? Romans 8 and 25. And Paul flipped the script here again, and he writes about God's electing love of these Thessalonians that's known to the apostles by their fruits, their sincere faith, hope, and love, and their successful teaching of the gospel that was among them. All those in the fullness of time who are called and sanctified are eternally elected and chosen to salvation. The election of God is of his own pleasure and mere grace. It's not for the sake of any merit in those of whom are chosen. Another ground or reason of the apostle thanksgiving is the success of his ministry that was among them. He was thankful on his account that as well as theirs that he didn't labor in vain. He had the seal and the evidence of his apostleship and great encouragement in his labors and, and suffering. This is how he knew their election by the success of the gospel that was among them in verse 5. And he's thankful to God for it, that the gospel came to them not in words only, but in power. They not only heard the sound of it, but submitted to the power of it. It affected their hearts. A divine power convinced their conscience and amended their lives. It came with the powerful energy of the divine spirit, the Holy Ghost, the spirit that giveth life. Wherever the gospel comes in power, it is to be attributed to the operation of the Holy Ghost. And unless the spirit of God accompanies the word of God to render it effectually by its power, it will be to us of no use. They were willing to leave everything for Christ and venture everlasting on the variety of the gospel revelation. The word was not like sentiments of some philosophers about matters and opinions and doubtful speculations, but the objects of their faith and assurance. Their faith was the evidence of things not seen. Verses 6 through 10, again, Paul is flipping the script. In these words, we have the evidence of the apostles' success among the Thessalonians, which were famous in several places. They were careful in their holy uh, conversations to imitate the good examples of the apostles and ministers of Christ. Verse 6. As the apostles took care to demean themselves wise, well, for their own critics and the benefits of others. So the Thessalonians observed what manner of men that they were among, how their preaching and living were all of a piece, and it showed a conscience care to be followers of them, or to imitate their good example. So they became also followers of the Lord, who is the perfect example that we must strive to imitate. And we should be followers of others no farther than their followers of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Their example made good impressions upon many people. They had received good impressions from the preachings and the conversations of the apostles. And they made good impressions and their conversations had influenced upon others. Christians should be so good as by their example to influence others. The Thessalonians were so very extensive 
and reached beyond the confines of the Thessalonians, even to the believers of all Macedonia and further places, and others who received the gospel before them were edified by their, by their example. They gave themselves to God, to the living and true God, and devoted themselves to his service. They set themselves to wait for the Son of God from heaven, verse 10, as this is one of the duties of our holy religions, to wait for Christ's second coming, as those who believe he will come and hope he will come to our joy. The believers in the Old Testament waited for the coming of the Messiah, and the believers now wait for his second coming. And there's a good reason to believe he will come, because God raised him from the dead, which is full assurance unto all men that he will come to judgment. Acts 17 and 31. And there's another good reason to hope and wait for his coming, because he delivered us from the wrath to come. He came to purchase salvation, and when he comes again, he's bringing salvation's full and final deliverance from sin, death, and hell from that wrath which is yet to come upon unbelievers. And when it comes, everlasting fire is prepared for the devil and his angels, Matthew 25 and 41. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. The outline for chapter 2 is the first part, verses 1 through 6. The apostle puts the Thessalonians in mind of the manner of his preaching among them. The second part, verse 7 through 12, he speaks of the manner of his conversation among them. The third part, Paul speaks of the success of his ministry with the effects of both of them. The fourth part, verses 17 through 20, he concludes and he apologizes for his absence. We'll focus on verse 13 through 16, the success of his ministry and the effects it had on them. And verses 17 through 20, he concludes the chapter and apologized for its absence. In verse 13 through 16, the apostle writes of the success of his ministry among them. And Paul says, Receiving the word of God which you heard from us, not as the word of men, but as with truth, the word of God. The word of the gospel is preached by men like ourselves, men of like passion and infirmities with others. These sacred articles, the apostle preached by divine inspiration that's on record and written in scripture by divine inspiration, this same word which in our days is preached today. Those who give out their own fantasies for the word of God are greatly to blame. We should receive the word of God as the word of God with affection suitable to the holiness, wisdom, verity, and goodness. The words of men are frail and perishing like themselves and sometimes false, foolish, and fickle. But God's word is holy, wise, just, and faithful. And like its author, it lives and abides forever. So let us receive and regard it. By the wonderful operation of this world, they received it. Those who by faith receive the word find it profitable. It does good to those that walk uprightly and by its wonderful effects evidence itself to be the word of God. This converts their soul and enlightens their mind and rejoices their hearts. 
Psalms 19. And Paul says, this inward testimony of the truth of scriptures, the word of God, the operations thereof on their hearts, have the best influence of their divine original to themselves. Through this, though, this is not sufficient to convince others who are strangers. He mentions the good efforts which his successful preacher had on them and his fellow labors. And he thanks God. And he just continues to thanks God. In verse 13, the apostle expressed his kindness to God so often on this account that he seemed to think he never could be sufficiently thankful that God had counted him faithful and put him in this ministry and made his ministration successful. Upon them, the word effectively in them, not only to be examples unto others in faith and good works, which he had mentioned before, but also in constancy and patience under suffering and trials for the sake of the gospel. And Paul tells them that you became followers of the churches of God and have suffered like things as they have done. Verse 14, and will like courage and consistency with the patience and hope. The cross, he says, is the Christian's mark. If we are called to suffer, we are called only to be followers of the church of God. So persecuted they, the prophets that were for you, Matthew 5 and 12. It is a good effect of the gospel when we are enabled to suffer for our sake. The apostle mentions the suffering of the churches of God, which in Judah were in Jesus Christ. Those in Judah first heard the gospel, and they suffered for it. For the Jews were the most bitter enemies Christianity had, and were especially enraged against their countrymen. In every city where the apostles went to preach the gospel, the Jews stirred up the people against them. They were the ringleaders of persecutions in all places, as it was at Thessalonica, Acts 17 and 5. The Jews that believed not moved with envy, envy took until uh, them certain things and gathered a company and set all the city in an uproar. When they did this, the apostle uses this as a characteristic of unbelieving Jews. Verse 15. Even to justify they final rejection in the run of their place and church and nations which was now approaching. They killed the Lord Jesus and wished that his blood might be on them and their children. They killed their own prophets as their fathers had done so. They had been a prosecuting generation. They hated the apostles and did them all the mischief they could. They prosecuted them and drove and chased them from place to place. They killed the Lord Jesus and persecuted his followers. This didn't please God. They had lost all sense of religion and duty to God. It was a most fatal mistake to think that they did service by killing God's servants. Murder and persecution are most hateful to God and can't be justified on any pretense. They are so contrary to natural religion that no zeal or any true and only pretended institution of religion can ever excuse them. They were contrary to all men. Their spirit was a perverse spirit, contrary to the light of nature and humanity 
and to the welfare of all men, and contrary to the sentiments of all men not under the power of bigotry. They have a dislike to Gentiles, and they impute them because of the offers of the gospel. And they were preventing the apostles to speak to the Gentiles because they may get saved. The means of salvation had long been confirmed to the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews, said our Savior. And they were envious against the Gentiles and angry that they should be admitted to share in the means of salvation. Nothing provoked them more than our Savior speaking at them at any time concerning this matter. This enraged the Jews at Jerusalem. When in his defense, Paul told them that he was sent unto the Gentiles, Acts 22 and 21. They took all they could take from listening to Paul. But then they couldn't endure no more. And they lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from this earth, for it is not fit that he should live. Thus the Jews filled up their sins, and nothing tends more to any person or peoples filling up the measures of their sin than opposing the gospel, obstructing the progress of it, and hindering the salvation of precious souls. For the sakes of these things, wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. That is, wrath was determined against them, and it was soon overtaken. And it wasn't many years after this that Jerusalem was destroyed, and the Jewish nation cut off by the Romans. When the measure of any man's inequity is full, and he has sinned, to the oath utmost, then come wrath, and that to the utmost. Verses 17 through 20, Paul flips the script again, and in these words, he apologizes for his absence, and he tells them that he was involuntarily forced from them, that they were taken from him, in verse 17, by the rage of persecutors. And he was unwillingly taken away by night to Berea, Acts 17 and 10. And though he wasn't with them in body, he was present in heart. He had still a remembrance and a great care for him. And he tells them that Satan enhanced his return verse 18 that is either some enemy or enemies or the great enemy of mankind who stirred up opposition to Paul even in his return to Thessalonia uh, maybe when he intended to return or something was stirred up in those places so he did not get a chance to make it there but he assurance them of his affection and high esteem for them, though he was not able to be present with them according to his desire. Paul says, It is happy when ministers and people have such mutual affection and esteem of each other, and especially if they rejoice, if those that sow and those that reap shall rejoice together in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at that coming, ministers and people must all appear before Jesus, and faithful people will be glory and joy of faithful ministers in that great and glorious day. This ends our Bible study. I pray God's word to shed some light on things for you. I'll see you next time, right here, the same time. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Peace Keep God First. And don't forget to check in with God from time to time. 24 hours is free. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again. Bye.
Talk Radio and listen to it, amen. And we're going to get ready to close out this program with you.
God. Do we bow in prayer, please? Father God, I thank you this morning, oh God. I thank you for my life, my health, and my strength, oh God. I'm asking right now, God, let something be said, oh God, that will teach your women on today, oh God, that who I am and who I'm representing, oh God, is nobody but you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 First, give all praises to God, to Pastor Morgan, his absence, to my own husband, Ella, Mor- Ella Scott. Amen. To First Lady Morgan, I just thank God for being here. I am representing Mary Magdalene this day. And as I was looking at Mary Magdalene, a lot of us get confused because there are so many Marys in the Bible. Amen. There, there, the scripture that Mother Hill gave me was, I wrote it down, but I'm actually coming out of Luke, the 8th chapter, starting at verse 1, which reads, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the King of God, and the twelve were with him, and a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called the Magdalene, of whom had come seven demons. As I was looking at that, I was thinking about Mary, and, and, and Mary was a person who, she lived in a town called Magdalene, which was a good fishing industry, and that fishing industry, they, they sold fish to other countries. But Mary had a serious illness. She really didn't know what it was, but she knew she was sick. And she heard about this man named Jesus that was going about doing miracles and doing wonders. And some reason, I don't know how she got in contact with him, but she got delivered from her seven demons. And at that point in her life, she realized, like, hey, this man got some power. He got a personality. I want to join up with him. So as she went on, she got so overwhelmed with Jesus by being cured that she followed him the rest of his mission journey. Now, the part I really liked about Hey, man, we're going to have to end that portion of our audio clip there where our evangelist over at Shady Grove Baptist Church that she was sharing uh, on women's on a Women's Day program about Mary Magdalene in the book of Luke. And we pray that you've been encouraged. I ask you to go back to our archive section, and you should be able to find that on our audio clip, and you can listen to it in its entirety. I want to thank Evangelist Wanda Clay for giving us uh, a short Bible study from her program that comes on every Friday morning from 8 to 9. I'm sorry, from 8 to 8.30 on Blog Talk Radio. Please forgive me for misquoting that. That's from 8 to 8.30. Evangelist Wanda Clay, you can tune in to her program each and each uh Friday morning from it's only on four or uh, four times a month. The first to the third Friday you can listen to the program and you'll listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside with Minister Lewis. Again we like to thank about it. When Jesus died on the cross and she was a Jewish woman, the Jewish women were just honored and pleased to be the to be doing what we do for the Lord. And and I encourage you to be a part of something greater than yourself. Be a part of God's feeling. I encourage you to keep doing what you do for the Lord. That's for you ready. Get out of here with that word of prayer and give God the glory. Grace and heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for another day that wasn't promised. We thank you, dear Lord, for the men and women in which you have embedded in the ministry, dear Lord. There's no big eye, there's no little use, dear Lord. There's only you. We thank you, dear Lord, for the people that went out before us, dear Lord, that made the way. We thank about the, the people, dear Lord, that shared the gospel with men and women that allowed us to be uh, able to share the gospel, dear Lord. We pray for the mothers and the fathers, dear Lord, that Paved the way, dear Lord, that their family may have have a, a relationship with our Lord and save. Dear Lord, we don't take these things lightly, dear Lord. If it had not been on you, you on our side, where would we be? We ask you to continue to to bless the way you see fit, and we probably give you the praise and the glory in the name of Jesus. We pray, Amen.